Welcome to the like, Destiny Podcast. Remember last time when I talked to you guys about God is our banner? Yeah? Yahweh. Nisi. Well done. And, uh, and it is this thing of just warfare that you are you're born into war. And if you forget, honestly, you will get sidelined. You will get sidetracked. You will get surprised by it. Um, but this is not an exhausting thing. And this is not a full-time job in terms of just, you know, like looking for the next demon behind the bush. It's not that. If, if you're doing that, you better stop. Yeah, but this is a constant just adoration of, oh, Jesus. And it's a bit like whack-a-mole. Have you played the game? You know, where they pop up and then they pop up. You do that. And, uh, and that's when you, when you approach your spiritual life like this, you'll get stressed. Because honestly, a minute of whack-a-mole, I'm so tense because you're standing there. There's 10 holes and you don't know where it's popping up from. And I, ah, and, and if you still live life like this, oh, there's a demon attacking me. Oh, no, there's this happening. Oh, no, somebody got me. Oh, I got a dream. Oh, I got an email from home. I got this. and Oh, something's happening. This is all happening inside and you're stressing. But if you realize that he's the ultimate mole whacker, he's just, you know, he's got this massive hammer. It just, it's, it's on there. It's cover, it covers every possible hole. Um, and if there's ever anything that comes that should distract us from Jesus, Holy Spirit is right there just to point us back to Jesus. Just remember to focus your eyes on Jesus. But yeah, we had this, you know, we, we went through, um, through the story of Moses on the mountain, Joshua fighting. We, we went through the story of um, Jehoshaphat sending the worship team before, um, before the army and them just praising God and just having just that, incredible thing of you get to stand still and see the victory of the Lord today. Um, but Jesus, he fought constantly. He was never, he was never caught off guard. Yeah. Cause I think that's sometimes what we do. That's when we went, that's when we get into a bit of a frenzy when we feel like, do, 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 do. Life is good. You know, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Disaster. You know, uh, there's one day where I didn't put on my spiritual armor. And that's, of, of course, now he's attacking me. And so we get into that, Ephesians 6 in a second. But um, it's not like that. Jesus was fighting constantly. But the way he fought was so at peace. And easy. It's when you when you watch one of those martial art, whatever they are, you know, Bruce Lee, these guys, you know, the real kung fu masters, they don't break a sweat. Like everybody else is rah, 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 and then and done. It's like it's easy. And so Jesus in the desert, this is the enemy is coming and attacking, not what he can do, not not necessarily his his purpose or anything. Those are all secondary bits. He was always attacking his identity. If you are the son of God. The very last thing that the father said to him. This is my beloved son. 
Yeah, and the devil's like, woo-hoo-hoo. If you are the son of God, then, you know, show me a miracle. Show me the money. Just turn that bat into, uh, that stone into bread. Just jump off. Um, just create, you know, just basically give me a bit of glamour and glory so the world can see who you are, Jesus. You know, don't need to. And so the way he was fighting there wasn't big yelling and dancing and doing all sorts of, he didn't have his shofar with him. You know, just like, I know I'm, I'm teasing with a shofar. I've been going to this conference and honestly, every single morning, I've been going there for years now, the intercessors, they walk around the whole conference place every single morning at 5.36 in the morning. And guess what they do every day? It's a great wake-up call. You're like, okay, I think it's time to get up. But it's almost like if it becomes your magic formula, it's not it. Like, what are you going to do if you're under attack without your shofar? It just, you know. So Jesus, just how did he, how did he fight? It is written. Simple. Like, just, and, and us charismatics in our, you know, really enjoying Holy Spirit in everything that Holy Spirit does. You know, we get to shake and roll and prophesy and words of knowledge and miracles and all of that. I think sometimes we forgot the simplicity of the truth of the word, whether you feel it or not whether you can see it or not. And uh, that is really strength of... It's Wednesday morning. That's the strength of the word of faith movement. It's just like, this is, this is what the word says. This is what I'm going to live in. This is just as simple as, this is the truth I'm standing on. This is going on for a long time. And so Jesus, right there, he does not once argue. Yeah, he does not once defend his identity. Like he doesn't even, he doesn't enter the arena of let's discuss this issue. No, and I'm I'm telling you, as soon as you do that, you've lost already, because. The one with the greatest authority never has to mention the fact that he has authority. Never has to give a reason for why he wants certain things done. It's just, it's that. But the ones that really aren't sure of who they are, they're the ones that need to yell the loudest. They're the ones that need to remind themselves and the devil constantly of, I've got authority in the name of Jesus. Like, just be. Devil comes if you are the son of God. It is written. I love this. I love it. Whenever there was, you know, he's teaching in the temples, there's in the synagogues, there's demons just yelling, and he just, what's the first thing that he does? Shh, come out. I love it. Shh, come out. Don't make a scene. Come out. Uh, read some stories of Benson Idahosa. 
is um I don't know what nationality, but he Nigerian, but he ministered a lot in South Africa. Benson Idaho, sir. And uh, he's, he, I don't know when he died, a couple of years ago. But he was one of those incredible people that just walked in authority like, like nothing. Um, and uh, after one of the um, yeah, stadium conference, some people came up to me and he was about to leave. He was already in the car. And they're like, you know, there's a person that's demon-possessed and we've been praying for that and we just can't, you know, the demon just doesn't want to leave. He's like, oh, I don't have time to do a whole prayer or anything like this, but just get that person into my car. Oh, all right. And as the person just steps into his car, completely delivered. Like, How, you know, what did you do? How did you? Like, it's really simple. This is the kingdom. There is no space for the demons. And, and you know, there was just like that authority that he just knew. You're entering my house. You know, you're entering my car. This is kingdom of God. Try dragging your demons in if you want to. Um, A.A. Allen is, ah, he ended a bit sad slash weird, but what a guy. You, you need to read God's Generals. That's a great book about just heroes of the faith. Incredible people. And the ones that didn't end well, learn from their mistakes, grab what God did in them, and just learn where they then kind of overstepped the mark and don't do it. But A.A. Allen, same thing. I mean, he had an incredible healing ministry and deliverance and just prophetic insight. Insane. Uh, and he did everything was on stage. So same thing again. Just like there's, you know, a person is demon-possessed. And uh, he's like, come up here. And he just whispers that person something in his ear completely delivered and everybody else later is like what did you what did you say you know it's like in the name of jesus get out what is it? like oh i just said i am a, a ally <laughs> do you remember the seven sons of skiva the guys that tried to cast out the demon in the name of jesus that paul preaches and they're like jesus i know paul i know but who are you yeah you know who you are. I'm A.A. Allen. Yeah, Justin Bieber, he doesn't have to, I doubt he carries his idea around. Yeah? It would be ridiculous. The queen. It's like, if you need an ID, look at your money. This is who I, you know, there's a picture of me in your wallet, says the queen. It's just like, it's right. I don't need, I don't need to yell. I don't need to do any. I'm the queen. And that the authority, oh, you know, there was no like, Shabarondo, you better get out. And I'm going to growl a bit because then I'll scare the demon. As if that works. But there was just such peace and such authority there. So 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, How we thank God who gives us victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah, how we thank God who gives us victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
1 John 5, 3 and 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world by trusting Christ to give the glory. It's always this thing of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Psalm 118, that's like one of my favorite psalms because it talks about the right hand of the Lord. It talks, the right hand is that hand of honor, the hand of victory, the hand of power. This is the right hand. Still, in, we don't really appreciate that because we, in the Western world, but in, in actually anywhere in Africa and the Asian continent, you don't shake anybody's hand with your left hand. You don't eat with your left hand. It's, it's, the left hand is to wipe your bum. The right hand is to shake somebody's hand and to eat. It's true. So here's Psalm 118. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. I love this. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. It's that, ah, oh, this is who our Jesus is. Um, this morning I was listening to the um, uh, to a song. Neither the band nor the song comes to mind. But it's, it, one line is in there like, Jesus borrowed the grave for three days. I love it. Can you imagine? Excuse me. I would like that grave. Oh, that'll be, you know, five thousand. Oh, no, I just need it for three days. Can, you know, do you do a lease? <laughs> I, I'll give it back after amazing I, he borrowed the grave nobody ah oh, he borrowed the grave that's him the right hand of the lord is raised in victory psalm 24 and we, that is probably one of the more famous songs who is this king of glory it's that just you know open up everything the ancient gates the doors let the king of glory he is who is the king of glory he's mighty in battle he's strong he's victorious he is the king of glory that means god does fight for us he really does he's the one that goes ahead it's his banner that we ride under but we do need to give him a chance to fight for us now everybody loves a testimony of deliverance yeah you need to need deliverance before you get that story now i'm not even talking about demonic deliverance i'm just like ah i'm in trouble and then god came as he always does proves himself faithful and here's my story we all love that story nobody wants to be in that position of ah yeah and so we kick and we fight and we do whatever it takes not to be in that position. And again, this is my journey of weakness. Of like, actually, dad, I, I am going to stop running ahead, jumping to plan B straight away without giving you a chance to just come through. And, and it's that sort of, I'm going to give him a chance. Let God fight for me. Just endure that tension of, Oh, oh, if you don't come through, this is ending really bad. And then thinking, why am I thinking that? Has he ever let me down? Not once. You know, it's not really a song I would sing in worship, but Jason Upton does that. Give me a reason to doubt. It's, it, he's never, he never has. He just, you know, he's never given me a reason to doubt. So there's Ephesians 6. And, uh, and it talks about the armor of God. And that's amazing. 
Because this is actually, again, Paul says, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. This is about the spiritual stuff. This is about the, the powers that are actually behind um, either behaviors or situations. And, um, and I love the reason why we have the spiritual armor. It's not so that we can just, I don't know, slaughter the enemy or do whatever we do. But this is, and having done all that we're able to stand. It's that, that we are able to stand. Like, and and it's, it's this thing of, that's his plan A for you always. So whatever situation you're encountering, God never sets you up to fail. Not seriously, never. Sometimes we do because again, we just uh, forget that actually he, he can do everything. But as soon as you realize that whatever situation or challenge is in front of you, God thinks you can do this. This is like, this is when I am trying to get my daughter to ride her bike yeah, without stabilizers. And she's freaking out because she doesn't know that she can do this. And she doesn't know that I'm right there either. Well, she, she can see me, but <laughs> panic, panic, panic. And she's trying to convince me of the fact that she won't be able to do this. And I won't be able to catch her. Yeah. And this is, this is the only thing that she can see right now. And the only truth the only reality in her world right now is, I cannot do this. This is too big of a task. Why have you forsaken me? Yeah, this is literally, it's like, I'm right there. <laughs> don't let go. I'm holding on to you. It's like, don't let go. Like, I'm not. And she's yelling at me. Don't let go. It's like, if you say it one more time, I will. But, but it is that so often we do that with God. But whenever he, when, whenever he lets us face a situation, let's put it this way, it's because he has fully equipped us for victory. And when you know that, and again, it, you, your first reaction will betray your heart. Not in a bad way, but just as a, in a mirror, what is actually going on? Because your mind, you can, you know, yeah, I declare the goodness of God, blah, blah. The very first thing that is happening within you when a situation comes, ah, like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, or bring it on. That is whether you believe that God has equipped you for the situation or that you are on your own. That's what it is. That I knew God. And that's what Israel was doing 40 years in the desert. Here we go again, no water. Here we go again, enemies. Here we go again, no food. Here we go again, same food every day. It's like it was constantly rather than, all right, bring it on. It's, it's only Caleb and Joshua. They're like, I know they're big, but bring it on. And all of Israel's like, oh, it's not going to happen. First thing, it's just like, it's like, I don't trust that. I actually, what I'm accusing God of is you're setting me up to fail. You're actually against me. That's what it comes down to. That my heart still believes you're actually against me. And you're using finances to prove it. You're using sickness to prove it. You're using circumstances to prove it. You're against me. See, God. And then, and then my mind kicks in. It's like, oh, no, it's not true. He loves you. It's like, but, so whenever that comes up, you're like, okay, Holy Spirit. There's Sozo right in there. Just, you know, what is the truth? Um, it is that. So, 
Armor, armor of God, you all, you all know that. Helmet of, it's not a test, but it kind of is. Okay, give you this first one. Salvation, yeah? It's the breastplate of, starts with bruh. Well done. It's the belt of truth, right? Okay. Flipping that, guys. Read your Bible. It's the shield of faith. Yeah? It's our, sh- our feet having boots or shoes on, being ready to preach the gospel of good news. And then having the sword of the Spirit. Now, all of this is constantly just for protection, isn't it? Except the sword. Everything is for protection. And he's like, guys, you don't have to worry about this. You know, like your identity, who you are, your heart, covered in righteousness. Just what you stand on, what you gird yourself with, is just truth. Wherever you walk, declaring the goodness of God, preaching the gospel. Yeah? Your head being covered with salvation. You've got the mind of Christ. And this is what Paul talks about, taking Every thought captive that tries to rise above or over the knowledge of Jesus. That's what's happening in you. I think it's, who wrote that, the battlefield of the mind? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Or Joyce Myers? Yeah. Somebody. It's that that sort of what you believe is really happening there. That, That shield of faith that quenches the, the, the fiery darts of the evil one. It's amazing. So there's, there's a text coming. You know, and you can see them. Okay, there's a bad situation. Oh, it's coming closer. It is coming closer. But there's faith. It's this genuine trust in the goodness of your dad that he's for you. Right. And then it's time to strike with the sword of the spirit. That's why I'm just like, read your Bible, read your Bible. Because if you only have a little Swiss Army knife, because all you know is, I'm going to quote Psalm 23. He can still use Psalm 23. Nothing against Psalm 23, my favorite psalm. Yeah? But if Holy Spirit just is like, <sighs> wants to turn you into a ninja with two swords. Yeah? Just read the Bible just so you can dig that truth and you can declare, oh, this is, oh, in this situation, he's speaking that, oh, in that situation, I can stand on the truth of the word of God here. It's, that is that, that's what Jesus did. It is written. It is written. It is written. It's not like, ah, devil, I think you're wrong. As soon as he would have done that, I'm telling you, he would have lost. He did not enter into any of that I think, you think, let me try and convince you, argue, yell, pray a bit harder. No, it is written. Now look at Jesus here, Revelation 1. He is, <clears throat> I, was, I was once going through a season in my life where just felt very much under, um, under attack all sorts of things. And I was journaling. Jesus just said to me, never underestimate the power of the resurrected one. I know. Sounds deep. Let me, let me just think about this. You know, it sounds like a quote on Facebook or something. 
never underestimate the power of the resurrected one. And you just hear Revelation 1, 17, 16, 17. Revelation, by the way, is not the revelation of John. It's the revelation of Jesus. Yeah? Jesus revealing himself to John. It's that. It's the whole thing. From A to Z, it's a revelation of Jesus. And here he is. And John. Now, John, you know, Phil did a great job just just showing you guys that amazing relationship that John the disciple had with Jesus. Yeah? They are literally bosom buddies. Yeah? And here's John meeting his friend, Jesus, the lover of his soul. But this Jesus right now walks in a glory that is not of this world. And the only thing that John can do is fall to the ground as if dead. This is, this is not who, says, who sings that. There's another song. Misty Edwards, I think, or somebody, you know, he came, he came in like a lamb, walked out like a lion. It's that sort of Jesus, his eyes, they burn like fire. Don't know why his hair is white as snow, but it is. It's, it's just that he stands, is everything about him is just radiant. Um, it, a revelation, is it 21, I think, when he rides, it just, his robe is dripped in blood. He is, he is fierce. And this is another thing. And the armies of heaven are following him and they are clothed in white. Who does that? That's the worst color to wear going into a fight. Yeah, just, you know. Hello? I'm just, you, you do camouflage. You just paint yourself. You hide in the shadows. That's what you do. The only time you wear white is when you're pretty sure it won't get soiled because I will never have to fight because there is the victorious one riding in front of me already. It's all done. It's amazing. So here's Jesus. And in his right hand, he had seven stars out of his mouth when the two sharp, sharp two-edged sword. This is, this is not the Jesus, that the, the Swedish one that you see drawn in all the I'm Jesus pictures. This is power. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Your eyes hurt when you look at Jesus. You cannot take it. It's, <laughs> love it. This is who our Jesus is. Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's that, what are you fighting with? It pierces. Everything, it divides. You don't need to explain or anything. Just speak the word of God. It does something. It really does. It does not return void. That's amazing. It, it just, it divides bone and marrow, flesh and spirit. It just, this is, this is what God is saying. Hey, Ken, come on in. I love this. The word of God is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh. You know, I can convince myself I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when I read the Bible, 
And I read, first of all, there's, there's just no place for pride before him. There really isn't. And, and whenever there is an unhealthy attitude in me, his word is just like, it's, let me put this in the context of grace, but his, in that context, his word is merciless. Yeah? It just shows, it's a mirror. Yeah? You're pretty ugly in this area. This is not a condemnation. This is not a, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, you've fallen out of my grace or anything like this. It's just like, don't kid yourself. But that's why I've cleaned you up. Yeah? Simple. But let's fix this one. This, it's beautiful. It's the word. <sighs> Read it. Eat it. Devour it. If you struggle reading it, l- listen to it. It's just constantly. If Just have one verse that you just think, okay, today I'm just going to meditate on this one thing. But it's honestly, it is that. So here's, here's David. And he's about to fight Goliath. And uh, David had his own little issues. And you could see that later on when he was a dad and he, when he was king. I would not want to be David's son. Yeah. I, let me put this the other way. I would not want to have David as my dad. Um, but David was a man after God's own heart. I'll be talking about fathering in the kingdom some other time like what it means to be a dad but can you there's so many heroes in scripture and the father had to wait until there was joseph the carpenter that didn't have a ministry he's like you are gonna represent me to my son really well love this until the time was right that's when Christ was revealed. It's like there's John. Uh, not John. There's Joseph. He. Because us dads, you, you know that. You know, the, the picture of your father, you kind of project that onto God the Father. And whatever that was great or whatever that wasn't great, that's something that we got to work through with our heavenly dad. And, and so, anyway, there's, there's David. You know, he wasn't even invited when Samuel came around to anoint because, I mean, can you imagine? Get all your brothers in there, but David, you're not going to get chosen anyway. So why, why bother inviting you, yeah? There's all that. He's, he's the one that he's not allowed to go to war. He brings his brothers a bit of food. And they just mock him constantly. Ah, oh, what are you going to do here? What, you, you just want to be nosy little shepherd boy. Um, and David, just like a little brother, what, what, what? I didn't do anything. So read the story. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like, I didn't touch him. I didn't, this, this is happening right there at war. Because um, David is hearing this. Whoever kills the giant is going to, three things. First of all, his father's house is going to be exempt from taxes. Great news. No more taxes. Boom. Yeah. He's going to get rewarded richly. And he gets to marry the king's daughter. She's a babe. And I'll be the king's son-in-law. Boom. So Seriously. This is, this is what everybody is looking for. So David's like, this can't be. So he's, he's going through the, through the army and just hearing this story constantly. Yeah, yeah. King's going to exempt your father's house from taxes. You're going to get lots of money. 
and you're going to get a babe. Why isn't anybody fighting? You know, and his brothers get mad at him. It's like, oh, what are you doing, little one here? Just go home to your sheep. Because the thing is, hey, Chris. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, when you step out in faith, it, it is a bit of a mirror when other people don't. And, and, and as you, you make yourself a lot more vulnerable by being passionate. You do. Because, because everybody, you know, as long as you don't step out or try anything, you're very safe. Nobody, you, haven't, you haven't taken any chances. You haven't taken any risks yet. So actually, you're not really making yourself vulnerable to criticism. But as soon as you do that, oh, people are all over you. Bill Johnson says it this way. Everybody can be a revivalist critic. Yeah, It's like food critics. They don't know how to cook. They just know how to tell when the food isn't well. It's like, that's, that's no skill. What is that? Learn how to cook. Learn how to sustain a revival before you criticize anything about any other revival. Just, so, so there's David. You know the story. Saul tries to get him to wear his armor and David tries it on. He's like, I can't even walk in this stuff. I'm going to use the thing that I'm really comfortable with. And that's my slingshot. This is like, what? Okay, there's Goliath. He's been training for war since his youth. He's a giant. He is a giant. He, he has his own shield bearer, yeah? Goliath is so big, he's got, basically his, his spear is like a little tree, yeah? It's not just a little javelin that you just like, yeah? Big, scary guy who's been defying the armies of the Lord for days now. And then there's this, this a guy carries his shields, you need one person to care. It's not just that, you know, I don't know what kind of things you picture when you think of a shield. That was a big shield. Yeah. So he's there. And this is what, um, there's so much in this story. I think I told you already about David, you know, grabbing five stones because Goliath, he had a couple of other brothers that were giants too, but we'll go into that another day. But, but again, David had this thing, this history of, Love this. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. What? This is a 16-year-old kid, maybe 14, maybe even younger, who grabs a bear by its beard or a lion and kills. Who does that? Not me. But there's David's like, this is just how I roll when nobody's watching. So I've got my, this is, I'm trained. This is, I know these are my personal victories. This is where God has been faithful to me. This is where I have walked in victory. This is not Heidi Baker's story. This is not Bill Johnson's story. This is my story. That's why the stories that you encounter on the streets are yours. And these are the ones that fuel that faith for the challenge for tomorrow in you. And then he says, and your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defiled the armies of the living God. Big mistake. Love it. 
So David runs. He runs toward Goliath. Love this. Again, who does that? Like you and I would just be weaving in and out, hiding behind a tree. Because all I have is a slingshot. This is really not, this is unfair. The Philistine looked at David and saw David and he disdained him. If he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. <laughs> Pushed a couple of buttons. You're, oh, you're so much more handsome than me, David. <laughs> I'm Goliath. <laughs> but you're just a good looking David Beckham. You know, it's like, ah, oh, don't like you. And then he says, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David's, this is, this is like in a good old movie where before there's a fight, there's a bit of a, you know, just, <laughs> we just have a bit of a mouth off first. This is great. This is, they used to just do war really well. <laughs> and David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. <laughs> who, again, who does that? The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver me into your, will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you. This is, he still only has a slingshot. And I will take your head from you. How? Yeah, he only had a slingshot. Basically, he's saying, Goliath, that sword... I'm going to take it off you. I'm going to kill it. Kill you with it. No wonder Goliath is offended. <laughs> I would be if somebody talked to me like this. This is amazing. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. You know, Goliath was like, I'll, t- I'll give your flesh to the birds. He's like, I'll give the whole army of the Philistines. David is just taking it to the next level. And all the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for, battle, for the battle of the, is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Yeah. So David runs up to Goliath and he just swings and bam, Goliath falls down. And David stands over his body, grabs Goliath's sword. Everybody's watching. Chops it off. It's just, this is like a, if you've seen 300, this is one of those scenes where he just stands with his head. It's like, this is it. The victory of the Lord. Little boy with something that should, what are you doing with a slingshot? Amazing. But David knew, you know, I could try to impress Goliath and, and everybody else with a sword that I borrowed from Saul. I probably should, you know, probably should wear some armor. But this is not who I, I have not tried this i have not fought with this i did not walk in this these may be your victories these may be your breakthroughs and i want to take them as my own to step into this but i am still me if i'm comfortable with the slingshot be comfortable with the slingshot yeah also just live in your victories you need to stand in your stuff god has a secret he never he never lost a battle he's He's not backing off from any challenge. Just, I love that. And that's why he is Yahweh Nissi, our banner. You just, we get to ride into victory, from victory. It's just, it's just that. Ha. Ah.
I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah? He is Jesus, the resurrected one. He's the one that borrowed the grave for three days. This is him. He's like, oh, I won't need this anymore. It's amazing. He's the one that just, he took the keys back. They weren't given to him. He took them. He's victorious. And he lives inside of you. And he has given you everything that you need to walk through the challenges in front of you victoriously. And I want to encourage, challenge, charge you guys to... Your stories, they, they are... Those are your stories with a bear, your stories with a lion. So that when there's a public Goliath, that's the same thing, same thing. So the choices that you make when nobody's looking, the choices that you make when it seems like it doesn't matter, everybody else, uh, I don't, whatever it is, there's, just sli- there's so many gray areas where we feel like it doesn't really matter, yeah? It does. Really, every choice matters. And just walk in that and allow him to just to, to have these these victories in your life that you can refer to. Is that okay? Let me just pray quickly. Ah Jesus, I thank you that you really are um the captain of our salvation. You are, you are the, the beginning and the end. You're the victorious one. And so I bless you guys with just a, uh, a rising up of faith that is, that is simply trusting your dad, that he has fully equipped you to walk through every challenge in front of you victoriously. I bless you guys ah, to know, to stand still and to see the victory of the Lord. Just, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the I Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.